Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from our guest speaker. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. When someone encroaches on my time, I usually steal it back on the end. It's been an incredible privilege to be here. I love your church. I love you, pastors. We've just had a lot of fun. Uh, can we just pray for a moment? I just ask you to close your eyes, not as it a religious effect, but I want you to close your eyes so you can set your attention on Jesus because this is all about him. And he makes it all about you. Lord, you left us Because you knew we could do it. You didn't abandon us. You went up so that you could send. Lord, today in this place I ask that you would unleash the heavenly host. That you would send forth an army that would take on with us, those things that are trying to hold your kingdom at bay. Manifest the Son, Father, and once more, destroy the works of the evil one. I bless this room. I release the light of his terrible swift sword in this room. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done or about to do and will unleash on and through these people here. Amen. Well, I feel very honoured by you and, and I'm really touched by your appreciation. Not everyone appreciates um, strong people. You know, we're all very opinionated. Their kind of opinions is kind of like a nose. Most people have one, but not all of them sit right. <laughs> I got good news, bad news, and then good news. In that order. And a war broke out in heaven, Revelation chapter 12 from verse 7. I have a mission this morning. Um, I don't like the devil. Him and I are enemies. He don't like me either. And he knows he's a loser and he knows I'm the winner. And today you're going to work out that you're the winner and he's the loser. And if you're the winner and he's the loser, then you get about winning. Right? So here's where the wind began. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And war broke out in the heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Take note. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. 
So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, the, uh, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Who does he deceive? The whole world. Which part of the world is Satan not working at deceiving? None. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. The kingdom has come. It's here. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. So if you're in the heavens... You can be happy. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Well, that's bad news. <laughs> woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. I find it a little disappointing that Christians don't want to hear about the devil. And it's because of our ignorance of the wiles of the devil that Satan is able to be as stealthy as he is. You know, he's been around since the beginning. He's been at work since the beginning. The guy's good. Are there any chess players in the room? Would you like to play someone who's been playing chess for 6,000 years? Uh, he's good at what he does. Very, very good at what he does. Two Corinthians eleven, verse fourteen says this: For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Satan has this work that he's been about for a long, long time. And it's to infiltrate. You guys have a CIA. We have something. <laughs> you guys have black ops. What do we have? I don't know if we have anything. Because we're not under as much threat as you are in this country. You know, we have our security systems, we have our federal police, we have ASIO, we have all kinds of things, and, but we don't carry the same level of threat you do. And the higher the threat, the higher security has to be. And Satan knows the power of God that was vested in this country in the release of the gospel throughout the earth. He knew it about England and he brought them down by cutting Samson's hair. 
England was a powerhouse, a great, great um, representative of the kingdom of God and the spread of the gospel throughout the world. But Satan infiltrated the entire system and much of his infiltration was in and through Christian and Bible institutions. I'm not saying all Bible institutions are no good, I'm saying this. You need to be very, very careful at any point that you're going to exalt a book he wrote above him. You see, I can make the Bible say whatever it wants. It's easy. You get versed in the scripture, you can twist it and turn it and make it say anything. And you can even subject Jesus to his own word to which he doesn't work. You know, throughout the world we're quoting scripture all over the place and there's a tremendous lack of power being released throughout the church of Jesus Christ. How is that so? How can we have denomination after denomination, church after church, who follow the same Jesus, yet preach a different gospel? So you preach a different gospel, you now have many Jesuses. My cry is this, will the real Jesus please stand up? I met the real Jesus. How do I know he was Jesus? My devils let me know. My bondages let me know. Because the moment you come to Jesus, there's a clash of kingdoms. And you don't understand the kind of infiltrations he's been bringing. See, we think that, you know, the big black witches who fly around on brooms are the bad guys. Yeah, they're not so bad because they're obvious. See, in our church in Richmond, a witch came into the church and sat down the back and I looked over and went, hmm, hello. A couple of my team came up and said, did you, did you see that? Did you see the witch in the back? I said, yeah. They were worried. I wasn't worried. I was pleased because a witch had an opportunity to be set free and come to Christ. You know, the witches come in here, who cares? Bring them to Jesus. Satan has no power. He's got nothing. He's only got something if you give it to him. He was stripped at the cross, humiliated. His power was torn from him. He, he was thrown out of heaven and he's come down here because he knows he can get a place here. There was no place found for him there. What place might you have given him here? You see, if you want to get, Satan rid, get rid of Satan from the planet, you've got to get rid of him. See, we, we think what Jesus is going to come back and then he's going to get rid of Satan. Jesus left so that you could continue to destroy the works of the evil one. We, we're told to pray, let your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what happened in heaven? There was a war. Who's been conscripted? You got your armour on? You got a sword in your hand? Because if you're a believer, you're in an army. You're not in the kitchen peeling potatoes. The angels are doing that. 
You're at war, whether you like it or not. You engaged in the war the moment you came to Christ. You're enlisted in the armies of God. And the battle is his, but the battle is his through you, through us. And so this idea of just ignoring the idea that there's a real devil out there means that you're going to keep blaming yourself and your pastors when things go wrong. And that needs to stop. Let me give a plug for pastors because I think everyone who's a prophetic person should pastor a church. You say pastor, I use that word now because it's more understandable. We say pastor, as in spaghetti. That's what we call a pastor, spaghetti. <laughs> so how was Satan infiltrating? All the works of the devil are done in darkness but he masquerades as an angel of light, meaning he comes to represent himself as good. So some good things. The practice of satanic ritualism is spread everywhere throughout the world. It's spread throughout Freemasonry. If you've heard of Freemasonry, Freemasonry is one of the most insidious infections in the church of Jesus Christ that there is. Seven or eight out of ten people I pray for in Australia have Freemasonry in their family history. It is covenanting with Satan himself. Once a covenant is made with Satan, it must be renounced or it will continue through the generations. Shriners, Buffalo Lodge, and there are some others. Anything, uh, odd fellows. Organisations that have ritualistic practices that in the, in the early degrees, like the first, second and third degree with Freemasonry, seem innocent enough, but how can they be innocent enough when a man puts a noose around his neck and says that his family, himself and his family, be hung from the neck if a secret is revealed from his Freemasonry commitment? And yet we think it's okay. The Uniting Church in Australia is riddled with Freemasons, inviting Satan into the camp. Throughout the Old Testament, God would say, take nothing from there. Join yourself not to that. Do not bring into your house something that is under the ban. Why? Because God's a party police. He don't want you to have fun. It's not what it is. Every warning, every indictment against something from God is to protect you. It's not to try to make you a holy do-gooder. It's there to protect you because he knows Satan. And you don't. So when God says, don't commit adultery, what he's saying is, Satan's going to destroy your generation. When he says, keep your hands off certain people that you shouldn't be putting your hands on, he's telling you, protect your generation. When he says, don't consult a medium, don't play with a Ouija board, don't go to fortune tellers. Don't have tea leaf reading. Don't read tarot cards. Don't have anyone put cards out on you. Don't do anything that tries to see a future that God is not revealing because it's going to destroy a generation. When he says, stay away from Eastern practices, other religions, and the things that come out of those religions, you know... I've seen devils come out of every kind of religion, including Hinduism, yoga. 
Oh, you mean there's something wrong with yoga? Yes. But isn't it just an exercise? If it was just an exercise, why then is it matching certain Hindu demons in all the movements? See, what you've got to do is, if there's anything you think is okay, you need, you've got Google. Like when I was growing up, there was no Google. It was all books. Imagine how many hours I had to spend researching. You've got to go back to the origin. Where did this thing come from? And let me give a warning here. Let me give a warning, and, and I, I, I don't really want to do it, but I'm willing to offend because I want you to, I want you to have freedom more than I want to, want to be pleasing to you. The current tattoo culture is demonising the generations. Now, I'm not saying to you every tattoo is evil. What I'm saying to you is this. You need to be very careful about what you're doing with the temple of the Holy Spirit because you're his temple. And if you're going to do something with that temple, you want to put yourself at the feet of Jesus. You go, Jesus, it's your temple. Put that, any desire you have aside, whether you like it or not. I like tattoos. I got, I got them. But all the gateways are closed. I'd love to get a tattoo all down my back of a picture of Jesus hanging onto a slump man with a hammer in his hand. Because it looks good. I've got it hanging on my wall, but I'm not allowed to hang it on my body because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. My life is not my own. I was bought with a price. Therefore, I glorify God in my body. Now, I know that might offend some people, but listen to me. I had a young girl, and I shared this in recently in the workshops we were doing. I had a young girl walk into our church, 26 years old, with breast cancer, set to have an operation two days later. She was going to have a mastectomy. I got the team start praying for her, her hand starts shaking. I was standing over there. I saw her hand shaking. I walked over, looking at her hand shaking, wondering why is her hand shaking. And on her wrist, she had a tattoo with a pink ribbon and the name Mary Ann underneath it. And Carol was there. And saw this. And I said, is Mary Ann someone you know? She said, it's my auntie. I said, did she pass away from breast cancer? She said, yes. And I said, her cancer has passed to you through the spirit of death because you marked yourself as a memorial to her. I grabbed a hold of her wrist. The whole arm began to shake. The whole body began to shake. She said, I closed the gateway. She was instantly healed of cancer. Never had the operation. I prayed for someone recently actually in your church. I'm not naming them. That's their testimony. I said, you know, who has tattoos? And I said, you know, I just want to close the gateways. And if with what I'm talking about is real, there's going to be a real change in your life. And particularly around the area, I was praying around the area of, of provision. Just prayed, broke the gateways and the provisional life changed, I think within an hour or so. These things are real. And so we start being drawn into these things. Like, well, what's wrong with a bit of exercise? What's wrong with a bit of hey What's wrong with a bit of kung fu? I used, to, I used to love kung fu. I was a fan of Bruce Lee. I started a bit of Jeet Kune Do until a dragon turned up in my room. And nightmares. I went to my friend and said, 
I think I'm manifesting. He said, it's, it visited me last night in a room, a big red face of a dragon. It was cursing me. So we prayed. I got delivered. So I never went back to that. Does that mean I can't learn things to defend myself? No, what I'm saying is, is you've got to go to origins. <laughs> you know when you eat food, do you ever smell it? Why do you do that? Why do you smell it? You want to see if there's something wrong. You get a bit of chicken, it just smells a bit. How you going? You just say, oh, never mind. <laughs> and then she goes, Everyone knows if that chicken smells a little off center, don't touch it. And we got to get better. I'm not talking about being over-the-top, self-righteous, banging on on people's heads of what they shouldn't, shouldn't do. Church has got to stop that everywhere. I will never put on you my personal values because my walk with Jesus has a much higher level of accountability because of the grace I've been privy to. And you should never put your level of life on anyone else because their grace and walk with Jesus is with Jesus. Jesus said to Peter when Peter said, you know, Jesus telling Peter the poor guy, well, basically you've got to be hung upside down and crucified. And Peter's like, what about him? Well, don't we say that a lot? Well, what about them? And Jesus said, well, if he remains till I come, what is that to you, Peter? You follow me. And you're not to be worried about someone else's walk with Jesus unless you're a pastor and you're caring for and nursing and helping them grow. What you want to do is worry about your own life. And live your standard. I have certain convictions I put on no one. I have a team here. I never put my convictions on them. They'll tell you. I look at them and go, you might want to check that. Go and talk to Jesus. Next thing you know, they're on the floor wrecked. Because Jesus is the Lord of your life. Nobody else. Nathan, Pastor Nathan is not the Lord of your life. You should never make him that. But you better respect him. You better honour him, you better respect him because God's going to honour him first. It's what he does, it's how authority works. You get out of kilter with authority, Satan's coming through that door. You see, submission to authority, wives submitting to husbands, oh, watch out, hang on, I'll back up. Just in case you brought rocks in your bag. Submission is never tested when you agree. Once you're in agreement, you don't need to. Carol and I always agree, so there's never a need for submission. <laughs> but the biblical mandate and order is wives submit to your husbands in the context of a clash. It doesn't mean the wife has to do it. I'm not her Lord. If I'm trying to get her to do something that she has a deep conviction that is wrong, she stands with Jesus, not me. But if this is a matter of we're deciding to buy a car and her heart is really uncomfortable with it, and I'm saying, no, I want to buy this car, and she's going to fight me, I would say to my wife, don't fight me, go and talk to Jesus, because if it's not God, he's going to belt me. And yeah, I mean, sometimes that you've got to live under authority. And it's not because men are superior like some people have the idea. In fact, truth be known, you women have far more power than we do. 
I mean, no man chooses a wife. You women chose us. <laughs> That's the truth. We follow you around like, I want you. I want you. And you're standing there going, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll choose you. <laughs> and we're like, what do I need to do? Flowers, chocolate, movies, help somebody. I want that one. And she's like, well, how do you dance? Dance a little more. <laughs> Am I right? You're laughing because that's what happened to us men, right? We think we're powerful. Yeah, right. The reason the woman has asked by God to submit in a conflict of will is because you're the most powerful. That's why. Get a man and a woman to ask God for something. I guarantee you answers her first. So I have, I have two sons and two daughters. My little girls, Daddy. Oh, yes, sweetheart. My son, Daddy. Hang on, your daughter's talking to me. I mean, your sister's talking to me. You think God's different than that? No, oh, no, girls, you have some power. Use it wisely. Don't be like Eve and use the old swivel hips to get your own way. <laughs> Satan's right on the back of that. You know what? If you can get rid of manipulation and control out of your marriage, Christ will come to your house in glory and power. You know, you want your man to stop being a jerk? Respect him. And it, it humbles him to know that you would honour and respect him and now he wants to do the best for your protection and safety and well-being. But if you're just, you know, I just want what I want and man, your boy, you're going to give it to me. And you've got to get your way no matter what. Listen, girls, you are powerful. Surrender control. And manipulation. Yeah, am I allowed to say that? I'm feeling scared up here right now. <laughs> Why is that? Because something happened in the garden that opens a little door with old swivel hips. And you don't ever want to use your ability to seduce a man who will just, oh, yeah, okay. You don't, sorry, we're like that. You don't want to monopolise on that power. You really don't. You want to be an equal team, right? And sometimes you've got to surrender what you want so that the greater good can come. I didn't mean to go there, but I'm going back to the devil now before I get hurt. <laughs> All the different things that are going on in our world, there are two types of wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes from above and there's a wisdom that comes from below. The wisdom that comes from above is first peaceful, gentle. The wisdom that comes from below is sensual, demonic. You can look it up in the scripture. I'm not giving you the verse. You have to do your own homework. All right? Don't make your pastor do all the work for you. You study your Bible, particularly the New Testament. The wisdom that comes from below is first sensual, demonic. You see, what you want is you want God's way, God's understanding on every matter of life. Because Satan is so good at this, he's going to polish something up, 
put a cross on it and put the name of Jesus on it and spewed through new poison. And he's been doing it for centuries and he's good at it. How do I know whether something is from the enemy or not? Is it according to Christ or is it not? There are certain types of, um, I mean, you guys are the medical kings of the world. But you know the word sorcery in the scripture is the word pharmacopoeia. And pharmacopoeia is, is, is all about the old spells and potions, the sorcerers and casting of spells and mixed potions and all. There's a whole lot of stuff in New Age not everything in alternative medicines is evil, but there are many things in it so you have to learn very well how to sift it. And the way to do that is at the feet of Jesus and in wise counsel with pastors. What do you think about this? You see, I take everything to Jesus because for me it's never about wrong and right. It's like, oh, I've done the wrong thing. I don't care about wrong and right. Because one person's right is another person's wrong. So I don't worry about wrong and right. My government thinks they're right. They can't be because I'm right. <laughs> They're all right in their own eyes. But I, I don't fuss about right and wrong. For me, it's Jesus or it's not. And we're afraid to be radical, if you like. We're afraid to have that kind of black and white. But for me, there's no, there's no grey area because there are only two kingdoms vying for us. The kingdom of God and the works of the devil. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. He was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And he has to be displaced. There has to be no room found for him anymore there. When Jesus was heading into the garden, he said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. You see, if Satan has nothing in you, he can't touch you. And then you have the power then to lay your life down or to take it back up. See, Satan can't kill you unless he's got an access. Otherwise, God's a liar. Your times are in his hands. What do we do with uh, in my name you'll cast out demons, you lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. If you pick up a deadly serpent, it won't hurt you. If you drink anything poison, you won't die. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Either Jesus is a liar or he's not. You see, we cherry pick in the scriptures so we believe some things and other things we just ignore. Uh, but, but I can't help it. I'm the kid. My parents kept telling me that Santa Claus was giving us presents as a reason to calm me down when I was angry because I didn't get what I wanted. So I'm the kid who stayed up all night and I caught my parents. Foo by you. You lied to me. Never trusting you again. I'm that kid. I want the truth. I want to know what's what. Why? Because I've got to follow Jesus and the only way that I can live this life effectively and powerfully, I've got to make sure I'm not in cahoots with Satan at all. 
I don't want him to have anything in me. And, all my, and I, I can tell you, I've been set free from well over 150 demonic things. When I first became, who's, who listened to the podcast that, that are online? A few of you. There's a couple of podcasts that I did with Ken Fish and I tell the story on there in more detail. But in my early Christian life, I had a deliverance session where I was set free from anywhere from 60 to 100 different spirits and the man prayed for me and I was unconscious for over an hour, near about two hours, I think. When I got up, Jesus had deleted my entire memory. And then he rebuilt my mind. And I've had a lot of deliverance since. I used to work for Satan. I can tell you he's good. The music you listen to, be careful. I talked about this briefly in one of the other meetings. Welcome to the Hotel California is not a place you want to be. You know that um, Led Zeppelin, not Led Zeppelin, you know that um, Black Sabbath used to have altar calls inviting all the kids to give their life to Satan, right? See, in the drug culture, I used to use music to mould and shape an atmosphere. So I'd take certain drugs and we'd, we'd listen to either the Beatles, and by the way, well, let me continue. We'd listen to the Beatles, we'd listen to Led Zeppelin, we'd listen to Deep Purple, Electric Light Orchestra, uh, JJ, whoever it was, and different music moulded and shaped the experience we were having through the drugs and we could change the experience by changing the music. What does that tell you? Before he fell, he was a musician in heaven. See, your worship life, got to really guard it, guys, your worship team. I mean, guard it. Guard, Philip, guard it. Put your life on the line for it. Where is Philip? I saw him here somewhere. Put your life on the line for it. Because this is the one Satan comes for. Try and mess this one up. And the second thing he comes for is smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Whispers. Satan, the accuser of the brethren. Hey, you know, you know, Nathan, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 I've been the victim of so much slander and gossip. My kids won't ever go to a church. They love Jesus. My children were ruined by the level of slander and gossip and verbal assault against their parents who did nothing but seek to love and care for people. If Satan uses you to do that, I'd repent if I were you. Because you're not going to get Jesus partnering with a mouth that has two streams. And you know, if you're hurt and you're offended and you've got a little bit of rebellion going on in there, you can get free from that today. Because you don't want it. If you struggle, I, I get it. I have really evil parents. My parents are bad. My whole life I was a, re- I was a rebel. There's a critical spirit in my family. The first thing Jesus confronted me with was the family critical spirit and I did get delivered. And if you've grown up in a critical environment, then you're going to have criti- critical, a critical spirit hanging around you. If you've been bullied, you become a bully. See, bullies beget bullies. Critics, criticism begets criticism. Everything begets the same type. And I don't have the time today to lay out all the different things that Satan has avenues through. But the 
biggest ones you've got to look at is all the alternative stuff that comes to shut down the anointing and the spirit of God. And so everything that has a spiritual source, false religions. Well, I'm not in a false religion, but maybe you've dabbled in meditation, yoga, some of the new age crystals, aromatherapy. Aromatherapy's bad, isn't it? Just nice smells. Well, you can have all the nice smells you want, but don't go down aromatherapy. It's atmosphere changing. Listen to what they're doing. You use this. Feng Shui. You know what Feng Shui is? Put the chairs and the furniture in all the right place and blessing will come to your house. That's witchcraft. It's spiritual manipulation. And any spirit you are manipulating and control is witchcraft. When you pray, if you're praying your will, you're participating in Christian witchcraft. You need to know what the Father's will is and what Jesus is doing so that you can pray what he wants. It's not your job to pray what you want. In, in prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God for what you need, yes. But praying that Pastor Nathan will do this and this and this and this, you're sending tormenting demons to discourage him and break him. Don't do it. We're doing it to leaders all over the world. And I see those demons and I'm going to break them off people. I had this pain in my shoulder blade here. I had this pain in my shoulder blade for two years. I kept seeking the Lord about it. My arm got so bad I could hardly move it. The Lord said to me, this particular pastor cursed you and wished you dead. So I went to my friend and said, pray for me. I hit the ground. My eyes were burning and I felt, my arms went like that and I felt like I was in a coffin. I didn't tell them what the Lord showed me about this guy and someone just said, I see you in a coffin. I break the curse of death. And I got set free and the prophetic lit up in my life. You got to be very, very careful about what you do with this. Pray in tongues instead of complaining. Look, I understand if you've been hurt. I get it. I, I get being hurt, you know, whether by Christians and in the world and whoever's hurt you. But there's a provision for it. Forgive. Why? Because Jesus is just and he'll take care of that business properly. But if you don't forgive, it'll sit in you as a poison defiling the many. So you don't want to root a bitterness, folks. And if you're hurting, come and get healed. Come and sit with someone. If you're angry, you don't know why you're angry. You see, rage comes through families. And Satan is a destroyer. He's a thief. You see, the promise of God is sure. This much I can tell you. I'm going to finish here and then we'll pray. For we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if that blessing isn't making it to you, something's in the way. And it's not all about, well, I'm, just, I'm not doing the right thing. So you keep telling everyone it's because they're not doing the right thing. But just perhaps there's a block. There's an open gateway. This morning what I'd like to do is close gateways. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do that at this point, but we're going to have a shot at it. Is that right? I do know I want to do this. I'd like to have all the leadership of the church come and line up here. Would you do that? Can we have the leaders come to the front?
That will be the pastors, anyone who's in a significant place of leadership. You have authority or power over other people in the sense of, you know, we're servant leaders. See, if they get wounded, it's no benefit to you. And they get wounded. Just people. Just like to ask all those that are standing at the front of you, close your eyes for a moment. Can I just ask? for two people to come to the front of each person, two people that have been in the church for a little bit, you know your pastors, if you can just come and stand in front of each one of the leaders. And we're going to pray for them as a people. Like we as a whole church. I'll just get you to take their hands. Team... Can you guys come here? Father, I asked you, and you can pray this with me if you like, church. Father, I ask you to forgive us for where we've not valued those that you gave to us to serve. I break the power. of every evil word that's been spoken against every one of you. I bake the power of every word of condemnation. I lift off you the expectations that have been placed on you that are human expectations that didn't come from Christ. I break the yokes and the burdens that are not yours. We lift off you the heaviness. And I cancel the assignments against the leadership in this church that are coming from the inroads of witchcraft in the Providence region. Lord, would you come with fresh anointing right now? There, right there. You'll feel it. Fresh anointing, Lord. Holy Spirit, come upon your servants. Come on, leaders. I can feel some of you. There's hurt there. Your tears are kind of right in your neck, but you don't want to let them out your eyes. You don't have to be strong. You can just be you. Lord, would you heal the disappointments where there's been feelings that we've dis- of disappointment. Now, Lord, increase your courage and your power. More, Lord. More, Lord. I'll tell you a secret about leaders. You want to get Christ out of them, turn the love up. Because love draws the graces of God out of people. Lord, I just take off Nathan that pressure. That's trying to demand that he be someone he's not. 
I release you, Nathan, from the demands to have to be what you're not. You're never more powerful than when you're being exactly who you are, when you're being yourself. So we bless you. Would you do this with me? Nathan, we bless you and your wife to be yourselves. We give you the gift of grace to find the fullness of who you are. And we cover your weaknesses with our love and mercy. Thank you, Lord. We bless Chris. Lord, would you shore up his armour and redraw his sword? Giants are brought down by giants, Chris. Come on back up and be a giant. Let the giant come right back up. Holy Spirit, come again with power. I break the roots of the disappointments and discouragement. Lord, in this day, in this hour, I'm going to say it this way, Chris, get ready for another move of God because it's on the doorstep. Heal, Lord, restore. You know, a leader's wife hurts all the more with the stress that's on the leader. Lord, would you just take the burden and the weight and bless them. More power, Lord. More power, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, would you increase your anointing? Would you increase prophetic insight, prophetic knowledge? Would you open the eyes of your team here to see deeper and further than ever before. Lord, take the worship leaders in this church into new places, into new dimensions. Lord, those places you've shown me, take Philip there. Take the worship people there into those dimensions. Into those dimensions, Lord. We bless you with the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Lord, we ask for a, an increased and deepened oneness in your team in this church. Thank you, Lord. Can you just be patient for a minute? Because this is really important. And then we're going to do something. Are we gonna, we're going to take a baseball bat and we're going to belt Satan out of this room. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.